What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to a new episode of the Phoenix MMA podcast. This podcast episode is Stop Being So Lazy. It's a quote from my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach, Robert Drysdale. He's based out of Vegas. Um, I'm a second-degree Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Robert Drysdale. And um, I, when I was... Uh, when I was 18, I uh, went to Brazil and got to live with Robert. I got to actually live in his house when um, he had just uh, beat Marcelo Garcia in the absolute for ADCC. He's multiple-time Black Belt World Champion, ADCC Absolute Champion. And um, and uh, this is an article I actually read uh, a couple years ago. And uh, and um, just recently, we've had uh, a lot of visitors and a lot of new students to the gym. And uh, I've had multiple people uh, bring up uh, to me, like how often, how much we work on takedowns or how much we work on wrestling and, uh, just little comments. Uh, it's not bad. It's just, this is just a good conversation point for a podcast episode. And I remember this article. So I want to share the article with you cause it's a good article to read. Uh, I'll read it for you. It's, it's pretty short. It's just to the point. And, um, yeah. And then, so it was just a perfect people asking me about this. And then I remember Robert having an article and me and him spoke about it early on in, I'd say I can remember us having conversations about it in 2006, 2007 when I was in Brazil with him, and uh, and um, and yeah. So I, I come from a wrestling background. Uh, I started wrestling first, then I found Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And um, when I first started training in Jiu Jitsu, like say around 2002, 2004, that time period, um, it's it's still not. It, depending on what jujitsu gym you go to, it's still not just fully integrated. Um, there still is a there still is some weird little tribalism um, type of us versus them mentality when it comes to working on takedowns and judo and wrestling and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, it's pretty silly, um, and, and it's the the. People have funny ways to avoid hard work. That's what I'll say, and that's what I'm going to unpack on this one. And takedowns are hard work. It's like it's like the person goes and lifts, but they never do leg day, and they always come up with an excuse to never do leg day. Um, yeah, so the that was way more prominent uh, when I first started training, and even before that as well. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit of like how it was when I first started training, and there's still a lot of gyms that don't integrate it, but for for slightly different reasons, and. Uh, there's just you know just commentary on that, but bit, a good topic uh, to bring up. Um, like I said, we had we had a couple visitors from other cities, other states that came in and trained. And again, it's not bad at all. It was uh, we had uh, one guy that came in trained with a super cool guy and everything. Um, but he had trained. Um, I know that he told me he had trained with Tenth uh, Planet, Tenth uh, Planet School, and Tenth Planet's known for uh, being good guard players, uh, good nogi, so nogi specialist, really flexible. That's kind of. Um, you know, having a flexible guard is like a mandatory thing. I believe Eddie Bravo's, um, I believe I can quote him and say that, you know, if you can't do like full Lotus, you'll never get a black belt or he has some flexibility requirements for becoming a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and also Eddie Bravo is, um, is, uh, just Nogi as well, especially specialty. So we had a, uh, yeah, we had a visitor, cool dude came and trained with us. And then after the session, he asked if we were predominantly a Nogi, um, gym, just because it happened to be Nogi that day. But, um, but the, the reason why that question was there was so, uh, and it's one of the reasons why you want to work on takedowns is, um, we we're a 50-50 training like 50 percent of our classes are gi 50 percent of our classes are no gi i like gi and no gi it depends on the season really if i'm getting ready for a gi competition i'm more focused on gi if i'm getting ready for a no gi competition more focused on no gi to me it's really fun it's like um 
it, it gives me more variety. It's like painting, but if you use a different type of brush or a different type of paint, there's um there's different characteristics to it, and they have crossover. They they don't uh, they're not a complete waste of time if you're doing one or the other one. Um, but that's why I like both. I like uh, the variety. I like the the diff I also like different strategies. Uh, you know, I like to play video games. I like multiple video games, even um. Like say a first-person shooter. Like I like a video game called Overwatch, and I also like a game called PUBG. They're both first-person shooter video games, um, but uh, but they're completely different. Uh, so gi and no gi, uh, fun fun for the re those reasons. But uh, the the visitor he, he he brought it up to me. Um, I would assume just because several of our students could move well no gi, and um, and that's a big reason why you want to add takedowns. And I'm actually going to go back to the, the towards the end of this podcast. I'm going to lean on some. Uh, actually, some insight that I learned from Eddie Bravo actually on how working on wrestling and takedowns actually improve your ability to sweep. Um, I learned that, like reading, I used to buy all of his books. I still have uh, all the early books that Eddie Bravo came out with, like the first three or four I have them in my library. Um, uh, and, and he has some interesting things. Again, Eddie Bravo is not known for his wrestling. And, uh, he's, I think he just wrestled in high school like one year or something like that. He has this story out there. And I had the, I have the Twister DVD too. His, his uh, first DVD he came out with, um, where he, you know, walks around like his house and stuff like does like an MTV Cribs episode. Um, but yeah, so even Eddie Bravo, the guard player, the rubber guard, super flexible guy, is uh, is all into wrestling. And more and more, the meta of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition has an implementation, has a hybrid of wrestling in it. Um, people have denied it and argued with it for the longest time and tried to be ignorant to it. But even the large teams like Atos and Andre Goval are more wrestling more and more. I remember actually having a conversation with uh, Andre Goval. It was... Uh, we were at Leo Vieira's uh, gym, maybe it was 2008, 2009. Leo Vieira had just moved to the United States. It, again, my, my years could be a little blurred on this, but he had just moved to, uh, to the United States. He had just opened up his gym in La, La Abra, I think, in California. And it was still, it was still new. And um, so, you know, they were like, hey, come by, come train, it'd be fun. We went by, um, yeah, went to the gym, and uh, one of my old opponents um, was part of the invitation. His name's Ari Farias. Uh, um, he beat me in the 2008 uh, Nogi finals in the world, um, beat me by points, the uh, purple belt adult. Yeah, and then uh, 2009, I won the purple belt Gi World Championships. He beat me the, the year prior and the Nogi Purple Belt World Championships in the finals. But he's a cool dude. After we had a match, uh, when I was in Brazil, actually, he let me sleep on his uh, uh, his air mattress that was in the gym because he lived in the gym. So um, anyway, he invited invited us and uh, several guys from um, where I used to train, Nashville in May. We went, several went to train and stuff. And I remember Andre was there. Um, and I remember having a conversation with him, talking about wrestling just because moving. And uh, and I think, I think Andre had still also was a recent recently around that time had moved um and i remember him talking about he said everybody in the united states has good wrestling everybody in the united states has good wrestling and andre um you know out wrestled felipe panna in the last adcc um and uh and you're seeing more and more uh top brazilian jiu-jitsu from brazil world champions um integrate wrestling but some people still are still ignoring it just and uh, we're gonna dig into that why they're ignoring it um but uh yeah andre i remember andre commenting on it he, he just said everybody in the united states is good wrestling and then i remember sitting beside cobrinha i think this one was the 2009 world championships 
I think it was it, it, I think it was after I competed and just sitting in the stands and I remember there was a match just with good wrestling good takedowns going on and um and uh, Cobrino was one of my um he was one of what my goals he was somebody I wanted to be like so I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him talk and stuff and um and he's just talking the match is going on he was commenting and he was uh complimenting the wrestling match that was going on and then uh going to talk about that too but later on Cobrina with zero wrestling experience capoeira background and being a a, a cook uh a, a, a baker uh, background uh learned wrestling worked on wrestling in his 30s and then out wrestled a uh college wrestler uh in the in the finals for ADCC so so um so yeah first we'll uh, we'll get into this article uh my uh, I'm a black belt under Robert Drysdale. Uh, he's based out of Las Vegas now. Uh, Team Zenith. His article. It's on. Uh, if you want to read it, it's, uh, it's bjjeasterneuropean.com. It's uh, titled uh, Drysdale quote: "Stop being so lazy. Learn takedowns." We'll go over it quick. Uh, so the article says uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is growing at an amazing rate world- worldwide. More people are training in all corners of the world. BJJ is evolving. The, uh, the direction of sport is going is worrying to many. Nowadays, modern jiu-jitsu is guard-centric, and most competitors don't even bother with takedowns. They just pull guard and aim to sweep from the guard, or worse, work for advantages. BJJ has become more of a game than a combat system. ADCC and world champion Robert Drysdale joins a growing movement of Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners who are frustrated by the current state of the sport. He posted this on Instagram, calling for people to work more on takedowns and being less guard-oriented. And the, the meme that he posted is the, the, the Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, meme that I put for the story. Uh, you specialize in ground fighting, but you can't take it to the ground, question mark. So it's a pretty obvious, like, uh, logical hole there um, to not work on takedowns, but you specialize in ground fighting. That doesn't, it's not good. So uh, the quote from Robert with this, with this post was, takedowns, my friends, dot, dot, dot. Please learn them and stop this nonsense that jiu-jitsu is a ground art. We begin on our feet. Stop being so lazy. The purpose of the guard is to continue the fight in case you make the mistake of being taken down. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Let's keep the martial arts aspect of jiu-jitsu alive. Um, hashtag keep it real. Okay. So that was his post. And this article is actually a couple of years old, so it's not like it's a brand new article or anything. Just an interesting talking point. Um, uh, next one has uh, MMA uh, as a UFC fighter and AC, ADCC champion Vinny. Um, I don't want to mess up his last night and name, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, wrote his thoughts on what he called. Uh, you, you can read the article. I won't, won't use his language on this one. Um, but he was talking about knee raping, quote, uh, no, quote, slamming in the guard, centric styles. Da, 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 da. Uh, Vinny used to be one of the top gi BJJ com- competitors back when he was still at Gracie Humaitan, Brazil. He even became a uh, world champion at Brown Belt. Uh, Vinny's also a multiple-time world champion. Um, yeah, so what Vinny wrote on his Facebook, this is just on the same article. He's another top Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, competitor that went to the MMA world, fought in the UFC, just like Robert Dreisler also fought in the UFC. Both of them went for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champions, ADCC champions, um, and then went into the UFC. So what happens? What happened to them, what they're talking about, I, I went through a similar experience when I went from, I won Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world championships at Purple Belt, um, Gi, and then I uh, with then I started focusing uh, on my MMA Jiu-Jitsu, and 
I wasn't even focused on, say, sport jiu-jitsu. The next year at Brown Belt, I got bronze uh, for 2010 adult uh, at the Pan Ams, and and I and I wasn't even focused on sport jiu-jitsu w- with that. It was my my style was changing, um, and and. It doesn't have to just be sport jiu-jitsu or just MMA jiu-jitsu. There is a, uh, there is a good spot to be in. Um, like a good example, I'd give somebody, if you want to watch some good gi matches where gi, no gi, Crone uh, Grace is a great example. Um, he's not playing just advantages, things like that. Um, he's, uh, he has a good style that translates uh, to MMA as well. Um, so, and then, uh, Robert and Vinny, also good examples, but just another one for you. Um, well, Vinny's quote from his post says, uh, can't hate the players, but hate the game. Sport BJJ has become a really weird game. Um, IBJJF won't allow a huge variety of leg locks at any level, including black belt. Now, the IB, this is an old article. The IBJJF has now included heel hooks in the adult division for black belt. So that is a good uh, evolution for, again, you want the martial art to keep getting better and better. You don't want it to get worse and worse. Um, there are martial arts like you know Taekwondo, Karate, Judo. They do get limited the more rules that are in place and, and things that are put on entertainment value or... Um, okay, continue back to what he said. But they have this thing called leg reaping that's illegal. Uh, he put for whatever reason. I think there actually is a good reason for the leg reaping, especially at the lower skill levels. And depending on the level of competitor um, when it comes to age and commitment level, things like that. So I don't disagree with the reap. He, he does. But uh, slamming your way out of a submission is also illegal. But they still allow people to drag their butts on the mat. Yeah, so so he's he's a louder. Uh, he's the lou- uh, a little bit louder than than Robert on this one. He's just he's putting more emotion into his commentary. Um, so anyway, so you can read the rest of the article. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so um, you can just read the article. Wait, let's see. Scroll down the last paragraph. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's just going off more. The last last paragraph, he says, This quote, new jiu-jitsu, doesn't interest me a bit. I can't watch BJJ event nowadays like I used to. I think it's cool that these guys are getting where they want to, getting gold medals and making a living off uh, what they love. But if this was 1997 and this was the BJJ shown to me back when I started, maybe I'd be doing something else because in 1997 I was watching Mario Sperry or the Gracie Solo, Barrow, Mar, Batet, uh, Holetta, all these guys with an aggressive and entertaining jiu-jitsu, style jiu-jitsu, and highly doubt um, I would have gotten to, into BJJ if I'd seen any of these uh, names uh, just scooting on, basically butt scooting uh, is what he's frustrated with, which that's when I started watching jiu-jitsu as well, um, uh, same same time period, and I really did like that it was, uh, again, it's... It, um, there are there's still good Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right now, and there's still good Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitors that win IBJJF World Championships. Um, uh, but that's this is just the commentary on the not working takedowns. This is this is part of it where it's just butt scooting. I think you should have a great guard. Honestly, you really should. Um, I would agree with Robert on the um, the. I think you should have a great guard, and I think sometimes you should pull guard because it's the smart thing to do is to pull guard. Um, but I think you should also work on takedowns. You should have very good takedowns and a very good guard. You can do both. It's uh, it is uh, possible. So uh, now let's go to our notes. Um, 
Yeah, so just to go back on the notes, uh, had you know recent visitor that asked if we were a no-gi uh, predominant uh, gym, and we're actually a 50-50 gi and no-gi. We compete in no-gi competitions, MMA, and gi competitions, both local gi and IBJJF gi competitions, world championships, Pan-American championships. Um, so, uh, but the reason why that was probably asked is, so... to get some water so when you work on uh takedowns so or let's say when you don't work on takedowns okay so when you don't work on takedowns you work on a uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you, you're just taking away a really important dimension, and it's not, it's probably not the dimension that you're even thinking about. When you don't work on takedowns, most people think you're, you're not, you're just not only working on takedowns. Um, that's not the only dimension that you're missing. That's a huge one. Like, if you want to specialize in a ground, ground fighting martial art, you should be good at taking a fight to the ground. Um, this, I, I will say, this is one of my pitfalls in my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, career and MMA career was that the gym that I trained with for a long time did not do very much takedowns. I, actually, all the jujitsu gyms where I trained did not do uh, a, a lot of takedowns, um, and, uh, and and it made my takedowns uh, rusty. They didn't, they, it, yeah, it made them rusty, but also they did not um, get, they did not improve. Like over five years, you should have a huge amount of improvement on on your entire game. But for five years, everything else was developing, and the the takedown work was staying stagnant, or it was growing. I won't say completely stagnant. It was growing at a slow rate, um, slow rate. So, uh, and that that will affect you when it comes to um, to if you're thinking about MMA competition, if you're thinking about also Brazilian Jiu Jitsu competition, um, real life self defense. Uh, I work private security and was a police officer, and both of those takedowns are very important, offense and defense. And, uh, and yeah, so, um, this is, uh, yeah, so, so the dimension that we're missing, not just the takedown aspect, okay? There, the dimension that we're missing is actually comes a little bit from Eddie Bravo, is his opinion on why working takedowns is good, is when you are sweeping someone, there is a, there is the beginning of the sweep, whether it's off balancing or inserting your hips or legs underneath your opponent, and then and then uh, say it's insertion of your hips under their hips. Then it's an off balancing, and then the third, the the last piece, the finish of the sweep, oftentimes is a takedown. It's just from your back or from your butt. So you're beginning a sweep. You're not always going to have a sweep where you completely flip your opponent's hips so their back is on the floor and they just land uh, to the mat. Especially if you're going with someone who is tough. They're good at jujitsu. They good have good base. They have a wrestling background, a judo background, or they work on those uh, exercise ball drills where you float your hips on top. You're not always going to people can literally like get their hips flipped to midair and then reflip their hips and land back on their feet just like a cat um, when they get good at it and they don't just concede the sweep. Um, so that part is a huge dimension that you miss out. So when you work on your takedowns, your sweeps will actually get better because you have the insertion of your hips underneath your opponent's hips, the off-balancing, and then the third part aspect, which is wrestling up or, or completing the sweep with a takedown. So for years, I saw so many uh, good Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioners with great guards, uh, like the Meow Brothers would be a great example, like early on, that would, they would, um, like, say, Meow versus, like, your eye favorite. They, they're off balance, but without having the ability to wrestle up on the last 10, 20% of the technique, their opponent can quickly scramble and get back on top. So what happens is they're, they're, they would be so much better if they had that aspect and that piece to their game. Um, 
and it works the best. If you only have wrestling, that's not good either because you can't you can't correctly insert your legs and your hips under your opponent, and you can't correctly off balance them. You're relying on just bridges or grabbing a head or just trying to swing people. Um, the the bottom position escapes for uh, when your back is on the ground is not very good for wrestling. It's just keeping the shoulders off the mat. It's not very sophisticated because you're not moving your legs and your hips because you can't. You don't have enough time. Now wrestling when its chest is facing down towards the mat has very good sophistication escapes because they're awarded one point for an escape so they're good at that position escaping not awesome at escaping from the back because the idea is prevent going to your back as much as possible when you do um, you don't have time to figure it out you don't you don't have minutes and hours uh, to figure out how to best uh, sweep your opponent off your back because if you put any work on it it's just a one single second and the match is over so Hard to develop it from that. But wrestling is very, very good at when you get someone's hips low to the mat, um, and their hips are, are level on the mat, or they're tilted where their hips are, the, the, the back of their lower back is going to be facing the floor. Wrestling is the master of putting that opponent's hips on the floor and having your hips cover your opponent's hips. So uh, as you work on your takedowns and your wrestling, your sweeps are going to get better. Your finish, the finish aspect of your sweeps is going to get better. Um, and I saw this for years. And I and I couldn't identify it early on because uh, I was just young. I didn't have enough experience. And I always thought it was a weird little anomaly to see. And I was like, man, there has to be a piece that is – I was like, there's got to be a piece that's missing there that somebody could insert. And I used to think that it was going to be a technique. I thought it was going to be one move. I thought it was going to be a technique. Okay, there's there's a move. There's going to be an answer. It's not just – it's not a single move. It's, a, it's an entire practice. It's an entire branch of grappling that was missing that uh, – that strict Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, competitors um, uh, or stri- that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gyms, sorry, instructors and gyms uh, sometimes just completely ignore it. They're ignorant of it. They don't have training. They don't have experience, and they don't want to learn it either. And the reason why they don't want to learn it is because they, they could be really good, say, with a half guard or a Baron Bola guard. They'd be terrible at wrestling, and they don't want to, uh, they don't want to experience the, the – um, Sometimes it's just uh, sometimes it's just ignorance. Uh, it's like, eh, I don't think I need it. I don't think I need it. I'm, I'm going to go into that just for a second because it's embarrassing when you see somebody that does need it and they've been ignoring it because uh, reality will smack you in the face and it's embarrassing when it does. Um, but then um, also some instructors, presenters, practitioners will work on takedowns and it's a brand new skill and it humbles you. It re-humbles you all over again. And there's a lot of instructors that say that they're humble and all this and that, but actually they're not. You know, they, they get submitted and they punch the floor uh, or they avoid wrestling because they're not good at it and they're white belt all over again. I remember when I first started boxing, I was already a jiu-jitsu world champion going into a hardcore boxing gym. And yeah, it was, it was at the very beginning, it was very humbling. Like, man, I am terrible at this you know a little bit and then i i remember getting in my car and it was a nice sunny day leaving the boxing gym i was like man this is awesome uh i feel like a kid again like it's because i have something new my brain it was my brain was super activated and interested because i was so excited to have something to 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 get good at a brand new uh thing to build and i was excited when i would be good at it so uh, i think that's a good way to to look at it for when you're developing your takedowns is uh think of how much it's going to help you um uh with your overall jujitsu game both gi and no gi um 
not only that, so that's, um, you know, with your gi and no gi, if you're thinking about sport jiu-jitsu, you should, you want to be good at uh, wrestling and takedowns if uh, if you want to be a good sport, present jiu-jitsu competitor, but there's, uh, there's other reasons too for self-defense, law enforcement, military, um, let's see, notes, um, yeah, so self-defense, um, there are, Again, the meme really quick. So it, it's just straight to the point. You you specialize in ground fighting, but don't know how to take the fight to the ground. That's a problem. That's a problem. Um, yeah, it's a problem. You know, if you're if you're like a, you know, it's a gun with no ammo. Like you can't can't use it. Um, you know, so uh, pretty simple. And when it comes to self defense situations, there's a lot of opportunities where. Like pulling guard would be the worst thing, like the worst thing ever for somebody to do. It would be absolutely terrible. Uh, uh, if you work in a nightclub, security uh, nightclub, or you you just watch enough street fights or club fights, um, there are a lot of small places. There are a lot of co- uh, concrete floors. Uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, situations where there's 50 people around, 30 people around. You just you just don't have the space to pull guard, even though you could from your back like triangle somebody to submit them, um, like pull the actual action of pulling guard. You could hit your head. I'm not just talking about the floor. It's just if there's tables or chairs or a bar around you, like there's not space to go down with it without hitting the back of your head. Um, and then of course there's always that you're giving your opponent if it's concrete floor, you're giving them the the puncher, puncher's chance. So when you take somebody down to the ground, the nice thing about it is you get rid of that, as Donahue says, the explosive kinetic energy. Um, uh, when you're on top, yes, uh, but when you're if you jump close guard, um, you're still you're giving your opponent a really uh, good weapon. So when you take somebody down, you take away their ability to knock you out because they're fighting against gravity as they're punching and they can't drop off their feet or take their hips. But when you go on bottom, you're giving them, instead of uh, being able to throw a correct punch, you're giving them the floor to be able to smash your head into the concrete. Uh, And that's just as good as a a head kick or a a punch. So um, with self-defense, there's situations you don't want to pull guard. Um, There are situations in self-defense where you don't want to go to the ground, meaning you might want to do a quick takedown and then get out of there. Uh, You know, if someone has a knife, like if somebody's attacking you um, and you need to, uh, I mean, also really if somebody has a knife, I'm telling you right now, my advice would be if someone had a knife, get out of there, run, get in your car, get get out of there. But in a situation where you have no option at all, you have to hand fight not not grip fight like gi, not 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 grip fight like that. I mean, a hand fight like two on one. You have to control that knife. Um, you have to control the direction of the blade. You have to disarm. You have to make sure that you don't get cut or get cut as least uh, as amount as possible. And uh, and yeah, you definitely don't want to pull guard and let somebody get on top of you if they have a knife. Um, uh, you know, say you had a situation, you had to protect yourself, you take somebody down, and then they're, they're on the ground, they pull a knife out. Uh, that would be another situation where you would want to just get out. Or there's, there's plenty of situations where, like, say, uh, a blast double would be appropriate, and then run. Like, that's it. Like, it was takedown, that's it. You know, maybe there's multiple people, um, and there's a lot of uh, situations. And if you don't work on takedowns, you don't have that option, uh, and you, you lock yourself into a ground fight. Uh, in a situation where, because it's your only tool, it's your only tool, so, um, uh, or you, you lock yourself into the clinch, clinch is good as well, it just sometimes clinch, uh, clinch is, uh, not the appropriate thing to do, or you want to clinch for a short amount of time, you take down or clinch and then separate, um, 
Next one, MMA. Uh, obviously, for MMA, you have to uh, be good at takedowns because if you're really good at jiu-jitsu, your opponent's going to look you up, they're going to scout you, and they are going to work their hardest to not let you take them down. So you need to be developing takedowns uh, month after month, year after year, if you have interest in, uh, in uh, MMA. And even if you don't like jiu-jitsu and you don't like groundwork, you also, if you're just a striker, you want to work on your wrestling as well so that it's hard for somebody uh, to take you down. So you can uh, work on your takedowns by working on them. You get good at the defense because you have to understand the offense to understand the defense. And, um, and you, you can then dictate and keep uh, the fight uh, on your feet. If you just want to strike, but this this podcast is a little bit more Brazilian Jiu Jitsu focused. Uh, it's a uh, cultural thing with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, the the community, with not working on takedowns. Uh, the other thing is the the this is really turned into the new meta. So one of the new metas uh, of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in ADCC competition is. Uh, something called wrestling up uh tim kennedy's a big fan of it like i've been a big fan of it for years i i just never called it anything but you know 10 years ago um big fan of it and you're gonna see it more and more um just like leg locks came through as a big wave um wrestling up is gonna is is also gonna become more and more important and with that takedown ability is gonna become more and more important um uh, and then the uh, this one I got labeled this note is the old school garlic to the BJJ vampire. So this is the embarrassing part is I've seen so many really good Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioners, um, but they would never wrestle and they they didn't have a wrestling background and they had the time, but they just ignored it and they wouldn't want to. Or, or they yeah they just didn't want to wrestle. And then uh, they would go against a good wrestler, and the good wrestler would give them more of a hard time than necessary. It's not like passing their guard and like submitting them, stuff like that, but just give them a hard time. It's like, um, you know, and they wouldn't be able to sweep the wrestler. And, it's, and I, I would always look at him and be like, look, there's, it's right there. Like, just come up to your knees, drive off your toes like a double leg. But the problem was they never worked on takedown. So you, under stress and under fatigue, you default to your level of mastery. And, and, um, they would oftentimes just spring back to guard to their back when there was, it's like, okay, that was a good time for a sweep or would in desperation just try to force something, but because they never practice on it, they're not efficient at it and they're not skilled at it. And they would try to like force a really, really sloppy double leg. Like, you know, like, like somebody's throwing the sloppiest right hook you could see. They would do the wrestling or the double leg version of that. And then just get sprawled on smash and just gassed out. It's like, there's, there's more takedowns than just a shot and a sprawl. Um, but um, but if you're not working on developing it, so I saw that a lot too when I was a white belt and blue belt. I saw it from purple belts, brown belts, black belts, and I was like, okay, that's something, that's something uh, that that needs to be addressed and worked on. And uh, and when I was in uh, Brazil with Robert the first time, I remember us talking about it. And I told him I came from a wrestling background, and uh, and he told me that was one of the most important things. He told me back then, this is 2005, 2006, he told me, uh, yeah, Corey, work, work on your takedowns. Keep on working on your takedowns. It's important. Um, and he told me he had just won ADCC. He had just beat Marcelo Garcia, and he told me that that was one of the things he wished he had worked on from white belt early in his career. Um, so anyway, so for all my white belts in the gym, blue belts in the gym, uh, heed the advice from from people with experience. I've been doing it for a long time. Um, okay, yeah. Um, next note is Eddie Bravo's opinion. Uh, so I kind of already went over that. Eddie Bravo's opinion basically was that working on wrestling is important. It, um, it, um, it's that dimension that you're looking for on the finish of your sweep. 
And with, with Eddie back in that book, again, he's probably updated his info uh, since that point. Um, but he, he would talk about, um, uh, like, he he kind of makes jokes about his wrestling ability and stuff like that and that he's not a wrestler, but he could still um, – he could still uh, appreciate good wrestling skill and good wrestling technique, um, even though he's a guard player. Uh, Cobrinha, uh, uh story, um, you know, Cobrinha, I would say, in, in my opinion, is the the greatest um, 154 pounder uh, of of all time. Um, when it comes gi and no gi, I'd put him there. Uh, he has one of the best guards uh, of all time. Uh, he developed a lot of techniques that, that everybody does now. Like he was doing them when they didn't have names. Uh, he came from a capoeira background, and uh, he integrated capoeira into into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And like I said, he was doing barabolo before there was a name for it. People just used to say, man, he would spin upside down. That's cool. But, um, but yeah, the... the like he was doing Baramolo several years before there was even a name for it, like the Meows and the Mendez. Um, and now every single Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitor that I see in the World Championships has a um, has an influence uh, from Cobrinha, even if they don't know it. It's his style, what he came up with when it, when it came to his guard was so good and innovative that the entire community uh, – took it much like like uh de la hiva did um it was such a cool invention that everybody just integrated to part of brazilian jiu-jitsu and you get to see it every single day uh, or in every division at the world championships um some some influence but with that like uh like cobrinho was this huge guard player like the his career his whole career he was this huge guard player unpassable guard cool some of the coolest guard techniques like ever is sweep submissions uh just abstract cool flexible stuff and um yeah, he had a really cool guard style. If you want to watch somebody with a good, uh, one of the best guards of all time, look, uh, check out some Cabrinha videos. Um, but um, like I said, at one of the world championships, I heard him uh, commenting on um, on someone's wrestling ability. It was, or it was back and forth, good match, and um, and then uh, then he actually went to a wrestling academy. Uh, I think it's one of his Brazilian Jiu Jitsu students that has uh, maybe maybe wrestles at. Uh, I believe it's called Bolt Wrestling. I'm not sure if it's just a wrestling gym. I'm not sure if it's a wrestling club that also works with maybe youth, uh, like middle school, high school, maybe works at college. Uh, I believe the wrestling system is called Bolt Wrestling. It has instructionals and stuff. Um, but Cabrinha went uh, to his, I believe it's a ju- his jiu-jitsu student who's a uh, wrestling coach, and then basically like put on his white belt and started wrestling just from scratch and uh he he did that in his 30s and he was already a multiple time uh black belt world champion uh going in damian meyer also did a similar thing one of after one of his ufc uh losses he went to um he went to i can't remember if it was a college program or if it was a club um but he also went to a wrestling program and then when you saw the resurgence in the second half of his career doing really well he uh he attributes that to working on his wrestling so much because it was it was a big piece he had masterful Damian Maya had masterful groundwork and Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh he just needed that wrestling piece that he added um and and when you have the combination of both those things, uh, then that's when they really shine. Like watch Damian Maya versus Ben Askren. Just watch the mat work. The striking is not what you're looking for, but watch the mat work. The the Damian has wrestling and uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, or he's a heavier Brazilian Jiu Jitsu with a wrestling accent combined. But Ben is a more of a wrestling specialist, and you get to see the pitfalls of of pure wrestling versus uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu adapts and puts uh, wrestling in. For the longest time, early early days, it was 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu specialist, and then the wrestlers came in and adopted and started learning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioners wouldn't learn wrestling. So then wrestlers gave uh, the Jiu-Jitsu practitioners uh, a harder time, and now it's uh, swinging back, or the smart people are swinging, and uh, and they have world champion Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu skill, and they're working on their wrestling, making it better. Like I said, Atos now, they're wrestling um, wrestling way more than the, than than like early autos or when it was like uh, uh, TT and you know step Barotellus uh, and anyway or Bross and stuff like that. Um, so yep, uh, no experience. Cabrini had no experience um, and went on to um, uh, out wrestle win ADCC finals uh, by out wrestling a former college wrestler and also presenting you to black belt. But uh, but one with takedowns, one with takedowns, learned wrestling uh, in his 30s, wasn't like 16 or anything like that, and not wrestled a former college wrestler. Um, George St. Pierre, also a great, uh, great example of someone with uh, zero experience, and he worked, I believe, with the uh, uh, French Canadians, the, the Canadian national team, Olympic team, wrestled with them, and um, and you know, arguably has the best uh, takedowns in wrestling in all UFC history and has taken down multiple uh, 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 college wrestlers in MMA fights and All-Americans has out-wrestled college wrestlers um, because that's one of the good things about it. Some people think they had to start wrestling when they were really young. Um, wrestling has a lot of techniques that don't need to be integrated in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or MMA. Uh, MMA wrestling is different, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu wrestling is different because you in MMA you have strikes and submissions, and in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu you have submissions. So it does change the dynamic of the, the takedowns. It's not exactly a one-to-one conversion ratio. Uh, previous wrestling experience does help, but it's not necessary because they are different. Um, okay, yeah. So now, uh, why why uh, why don't people uh, or gyms, you know, instructors, why don't they work on them? Um, the lots of times the instructor has a lack of knowledge. They just they just have no experience in it. They never wrestled. Um, never did judo. Judo is more common. Judo is more. I would say common in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gyms. I would say there's more of integration and there's this 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 um, alliance between judo and uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu more more than wrestling. I would say uh, probably because if it's a gi dominant um, gym, they're gonna uh, like judo techniques. Um, but um, I'll do that one uh, a whole nother podcast. I could do an hour on why I teach more wrestling than judo uh, in the gym. I still teach judo, but um, but I, I'm teaching takedowns that, that work the highest percentage for a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition and self-defense and MMA. Uh, so I'll do that, another episode on that. That'll be a whole hour. Um, but, uh, yeah, lots of times it's lack of knowledge, so you're not going to teach something that you don't know, and that's not even a terrible thing. I've seen some people teach, like, double legs and blow people's knees out. Like, if I showed you the, the double leg that I've seen, uh, an instructor, a black belt jiu-jitsu instructor was teaching. It was absolutely terrible. So that's, I guess, worse than not teaching anything at all is, is teaching something bad. Um, but, you know, you should just, you know, take a course, take a class, study, practice. Um, lots of times what that comes down to, though, is ego. Um, it's ego of saying, I'm not going to need it. I don't need wrestling. I don't need takedowns. And that's just not logical. Uh, but the ego will make you uh, not be logical it will blind you from 
common sense, basic, practical things. Um, and and then uh, also the part of the ego that will mess up instructors or uh, people or gems is uh, also not being good at them. So when you're not good, um, it doesn't feel good to not be good at stuff. Uh, nobody wants to be bad at something. Um, <clears throat> so uh, instructors, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructors and gyms sometimes will just avoid it because they're not good at it and uh, they don't want to take their their uh their their humble pie and to start start something and build a new skill um sometimes it comes down to injuries too but uh i would even say that is a i would still say that is an excuse that's still an excuse you just have to if you have injuries that you're working around whether it's a knee neck spine you can still work on them you just have to do that's where the ignorance comes in lots of times people are ignorant on the subject and they will put a really strong the most ignorant people put the most strong absolute statements on things so if you're actually good at uh doing takedowns and good at teaching takedowns you can do them uh, you can teach them and work on them uh, even if you have injuries or you're recovering from injuries or you have recovered, you have previous injuries. But that's the thing is you have to use different uh, systems, different modalities, different drills to integrate those. It's not just slap hands and go, slam each other on your heads. It's not that. There's more to it. But if you don't know how to do it, you don't know how to do it. Um, let's see. Uh, they're hard. Uh, yeah, just, um, oh, sorry, sorry. The last one on the instructor thing. Um, the, sometimes they're closed minded. Uh, so it's either a closed minded issue or sometimes they've, uh, lost touch with reality or what practical, uh, martial arts, like practical reality. So, um, they don't realize that, uh, you're training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and you might need to use the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu that you're training, uh, for when you go to the gas station, uh, you know, across the street from the jiu-jitsu academy. Uh, you don't know, and in that scenario, um, you're, not, you're not playing uh, worm guard and pulling guard. Um, I'm sorry, you're, you're, like, you're, you're not going to do that. Uh, I'm not against worm guard, and I, I like playing guard, and I like worm guard. I think it's cool, but that's not what you're going to do. So some people, sometimes people will get in an echo chamber, and they'll, they'll just lose, uh, they'll lose base and touch with reality. Um, and they don't, until, until you... Until uh, something happens, then you know you're in for a rude awakening. But we want to avoid that. We want to be prepared for it if it happens. Um, yeah. The, so back on the the another reason why people don't do them. Uh, they're hard. Okay. The reason why I'm going over this is uh, big gyms. They they want to make money. They want to make money and they want to have as many students as possible. Uh, a lot of gyms will not have live rolling in the classes and a lot, most gyms will not do live takedowns or like hard takedown drilling and stuff because they don't, because it's hard. It's like, uh, you know, getting people to do leg day, do squats. Um, so they will sacrifice the effectiveness of the martial art that they're teaching. They'll take people's money and make them feel good. Um, and uh, and and be easier on them, and and then neglect to show a huge important part of the martial art that they're teaching, and uh, take people's money while they're doing it, uh, which I think is kind of a crappy thing to do. And they do it because they want to maximize the profits, and they want to keep uh, as many students as possible. Um, again, uh, that's I think that's an excuse. You should uh, train takedowns in a safe, smart, educated. 
uh, manner with good systems, good drills, um, and, and varying levels of takedown intensity and, and, and live uh, live takedowns. If you come to the gym, you'll see, you'll, you'll figure it out. If you come take my class for a month or two, you'll see, see what I mean. Like, oh, okay, I now understand a system where you build people into where they can do live takedowns. You don't start one day with it, you build into it. Um, everything from just building the condition of how to fall and uh, that your hips and your so anyway flexibility on down blocking or sprawling or, or, or scrambling your head and neck there's a, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be built up over time not just uh, slapping hands and th- throwing people on each other's head but uh, yeah so gyms try to maximize their profit so they will uh, water down the martial art and deliver it to you in a watered down form uh, to uh, maximize profits that's not good when, when uh, things do that um and uh, there's also misconceptions of uh, another reason I'll say is there's misconceptions that takedowns are are like barbaric or uh, brute force or they're uh, they're not technical or I hate it when somebody that's not skilled in doing takedowns and they describe something as just oh it's just brute force just blasted you know uh, if there's a lot of technique to it there's a lot to setups there's a, there's a whole lot to stance there's a whole lot to stand to to set up there's a whole lot of strategy like this week i gave an example of of uh reverse level changing to to get somebody's neck there's a lot of strategy it's a chess match on your feet too only people that don't know what they're doing think it's just a run out there and sprint that's like saying a boxing bout is just people slugging it out it's a chess match like takedowns are a chess match groundworks chess match boxing chess match muay thai's chess match mma is the ultimate chess match um so people will do that as well and um and and um and they will, uh, so they'll say it's kind of barbaric. It's like, actually, it's super technical, like super, super technical. It's barbaric if you make it barbaric or, or simplistic. Um, and and the, and also, like, falling down hurts. Uh, but one of the really cool things about the human body is that um, the body conditions, as long as you do it at a, you need, um, you need um, overcompensation over time. Or you need, you need to, um uh, continually, gradually stress your body more and more. So you don't, you, uh, I'm, you're not going to be falling at the same level of impact when you first start. Um, you won't be doing the same level of intensity of takedowns. You build up to that. Um, but your body does get better. It gets really skillful at falling so that you don't injure yourself. And then your body also gets stronger and stronger. You will eventually get to the point where someone could double you. Your feet are as high as your head. You land on the ground. And because you know how to land without hurting your arm or shoulder or elbow, you will land, and the second that you land, you'll be Granby rolling or you'll be looking for a guillotine or a Kimura. You'll be working right off the mat. Um, so, But that, that takes time to build up. And uh, it's, a, it's a cool added skill where you don't have to flop like a basketball player or a soccer player um, every time you get taken down. You just, you, you just just crash down and you're kind of paralyzed for two seconds. There's a, and, and your opponent can already start to pass your guard if you, if you do that or um, you know, mount you really quickly or put a submission in um, because you just flop to the ground. Um, uh, so just, it just takes time and you have to have uh, good training partners. You have to have a patient coach and uh, that's our next segue. So what are we going to do? What's the answer for this? Okay. Um, so the answer for, for developing takedowns, don't go in there and just uh, go nuts and just throw each other around. That's not going to be smart. You're going to get injuries, and you're not actually going to get more technical. You'll get tougher, but you're not going to get more technical. And uh, But uh, the answer is uh, work with an experienced coach uh, who knows how to teach all skill levels and ages. So 
skill level should dictate the, the type of takedowns that you're working on, uh, should dictate the intensity the, the, and the drills that you're doing, and the amount of live takedowns and the level. There's different levels of live takedowns that you're working on as well. The skill, skill should uh, affect that. Another variable that's going to affect it is going to be age. So you, can, uh, you teach takedowns uh, much differently to a 5-year-old than you do to a 14-year-old or 16-year-old uh, than you do to um, a 30-year-old, uh, 45-year-old, and a 60-year-old. All those are different categories, um, and you need to have an experienced instructor who has knowledge, who is staying up to date, studies, and works and practices in itself th- themselves. And, uh, and also you need to have an understanding and patient coach, okay? So but depending on the, the skill level, you don't need to have somebody who is, uh, let's say, above the age of 40 with uh, a beginning skill level white belt. You don't need to be having them just going to war uh, doing live takedowns the same way you would you have your 16-year-old that's wrestled for, for three years or your 22-year-old that's wrestled in, uh, for eight years, um, you know, so uh, – uh, so yeah, that's what I would recommend when you're trying to find a coach. Uh, you're, you're teaching what you're looking for. Um, that's the goal that I, I do when, with our takedown training at the gym. And uh, next one is you want to do takedowns with good partners. Good partners are people that are trying to be technical. They are not purposely trying to injure you, meaning they're not trying to purposely slam you in your head for the purpose of knocking you out. Um, they are... If they have the opportunity to slam in your head and knock you out, they're not, uh, so that you get experience uh, falling. Um, uh, you you have to. It's much like sparring. You can't uh, when you're boxing. You can't spar and go for a knockout every single round because you'll get concussions. Same thing when you're doing takedowns. You need to go with people that have uh, have already gone through the first couple levels of takedown work. Say grip fighting, hand fighting, um, uh, setups and entries, uh, hard in, easy outs. Uh, working situation uh, rounds, um, uh, front headlock rounds, sprawl rounds, all, all these things, different positions. So that way they're, they're not going to be spazzy and they know uh, how to move, less likely just like poke you in the eye or, or uh, land on your ankle in a, in a weird way or in a, in a weird way. Um, yeah, so good training partners do takedowns with. Wouldn't recommend uh, doing live takedowns with uh, someone who doesn't have control over their own body yet. Um, yeah, so, and the, the last one I'll put is like a, this is a mindset uh, thing, is uh, remember uh, that takedowns uh, are to BJJ as leg day is to lifting. It's going to be hard, okay? So don't avoid it the same way with lifting. You don't want to avoid leg day. You're, you're missing out on a huge piece of the human body. If you avoid takedowns, you're working on losing, uh, missing out on a huge piece, and you're avoiding a huge piece of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so yeah, there's nothing in the rule book that says Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is uh, just groundwork. That's that's all it is. Um, not the case. Not the case because Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu takedowns are different than wrestling takedowns, and they're different than judo takedowns. They are their own creature because it's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, don't avoid it. Instead, uh, what I do with my leg days, and the same thing with takedowns, is, uh, and I guess this would be the last piece, is I um, over time have changed my viewpoint on it to, uh, I've changed my inner dialogue to, I enjoy leg days. I love it. I, I enjoy how hard it is. Like I, I enjoy it. Like 
like really, really pushing my body and seeing what my body can do. And the feeling of having sweat running down on my eyeballs. You open up your eyes and you have sweat. I love that feeling. It's amazing. When you get done, you're breathing so hard. And like you look around, you look down and your forearms are just jacked up. Your your biceps are jacked up. Um, your blood flow is going so good. Um, like you're 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 alive. Your reaction times are really really quick. Uh, you're you're keyed up when you get done uh, doing on takedowns. And then uh, once you do settle down after uh, a practice where you work on takedowns, you have a really good um, kind of zen. You know, you worked really hard. Relaxation, uh, all the good positive endorphins that your body gives you as a reward for working your butt off. So, uh, you know, and, and it's going to make you more effective for your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for MMA, for self-defense, whatever the reason, uh, you're looking for it. And, um, and, and also on the self-defense aspect and competition, uh, for MMA and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, there's an important part of, there's an important, um, important, and I think, necessary healthy part of the the aggressive aspect of takedowns the the aggressive aspect of there is an important aspect of setting a trap uh with guard and they're being able to counter so there's times where you're a counter puncher or counter with your guard that is an important part there's sometimes where you um misdirect your opponent fake left go right fake low go high um there are times where you will uh, trick your partner you'll jab to the left side of their head three times in a row um just to make them just to make them go towards your right hand uh, you know so there's there's all those are important aspects but they're also an important aspect of martial arts is there is an aggressive part that is important where you have to assert yourself on your opponent you have to stop the threat you need to take them down you need to control them and you need to do it now like in this instance and that's what you're training every time you work on takedowns you are seeing that pocket you are seeing the opening um well, the, the, the old team I used to be under, uh, Team Lloyd Irvin, Lloyd Irvin, um, he was, uh, his house, his, him, Brandon Vera, who fought in the UFC, fought John Jones, his wife and his child, they were, um, uh, I guess, victims of a home invasion. A uh, guy broke in, you can look up the news story years ago, a uh, guy broke into their house, uh, um, and uh, it was two guys, actually, but... Um, but uh, Lloyd disarmed the guy with a gun, and uh, his description, if you want to go check it out, it's interesting. His description of the gun was the guy was, uh, was, was tying people up in the house, and he, he thought in his head, you know, I can't get tied up. I, I can't, I'm not going to do that. I can't get tied up. I know what happens if I get tied up. You know, my wife, my child, uh, and I think Brandon Vera was downstairs sleeping or something. He was in another room. He's like, I can't get tied up. That's not an option. Um, He's like, so I have to, I have to go. And he's the, his description of it is really interesting because he said the guy was moving the gun from right to left, right to left. And he said in his mind, he could hear and he could see every time that the gun would move to the right, it would point towards him. He said he would like visualize or hear the image red, like stop, like a stop sign. And then when the guy would move the guy to the gun to the left, this is all really short time. Your, your processing speed goes up when you do uh, live takedowns. Um, when it would go away to the left, he would see and hear and visualize green go. Um, and after that happened a couple times, he uh, went go on green and disarmed the guy with the gun, got the gun. Uh, gun. And I believe the other guy, once he had the gun, the other guy uh, took off and left. So um, that, that's what I mean by the important, uh, aggressive action that takedowns, uh, that you have to do every day for takedowns when you're 
drilling them and when you're doing live takedowns that what you're training and is in a moment in a tenth of a second you have to go and you have to go now and you have to be assertive and you have to stop the threat and uh and uh skills don't just magically appear you need to practice them and the more you practice them uh the better they get the better your 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 sense of timing gets but also your perception of time uh you get faster and your reaction times faster so that's uh, the last aspect that i'd say it's really important with takedowns and that's the reason why at phoenix mma we work takedowns every day every week um always working on them i've had students that have come done the the free trial and uh i remember i had one student specifically was kept pulling guard during the grip fighting or the hand fighting rounds or the takedown rounds and i kept saying no no don't pull guard don't pull guard we're gonna do guard work in just a little bit we'll do mat work um but that student did not like it and uh didn't train with us didn't sign up that's that's okay i understand uh but i uh i want to service all of uh our students and give the best uh possible uh brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor instruction that i can do um so not gonna water it down and uh but at the same time, my, my goal is not to hurt. Uh, make sure that everybody doesn't get hurt and you get good at it. So if you need to use takedowns, you got them. Uh, yeah, so hope you hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, Phoenix MMA episode. Next week we got Naga and uh, we got um, MMA fights coming up. Uh, two events coming up. We got uh, Orlando tournament coming up. We got a bunch of stuff. And then I believe we got, um, oh no, oh no, oh no, maybe Charlotte. Charlotte. I uh, hope I didn't mess up on the city. But we got we got tournaments coming up, a bunch of traveling, a bunch of cool stuff, a uh, bunch of good stuff. Uh, uh, next week is uh, Shark Week. If you know what that means, you know what that means. See you, see you.